Hey everyone, Eric Watson here, and this is the recorded audio of a DM-only live stream in which I prepare for our next live session and chat with fans twice a week at my Rogue Watson YouTube channel. Please note that these streams are full of DM spoilers. This was not originally intended for an audio-only format, but has been converted to a podcast for your convenience. The channel and by extension this podcast are supported by Patreon. If you'd like to support my work, you can do so at patreon.com slash roguewatson. Enjoy the show. I am so very late. Eric Watson here, freelance writer, player of games, writer of boards, recorder of videos, and tabletop role-playing aficionado. Welcome to the Thursday edition of Bye-Bye Weekly Behind-the-Scenes DM, only live stream crafting Icewind Dale, which I build right and prepare for our next session of Rhyme of the Frostbane. If you are playing characters, Val Robin, Frey, Celeste, Edmund, or Thimbleweed, uh, this is not the right stream for you. But for the rest of you, welcome. Of course, there will be spoilers. We stream our sessions here on the channel every Friday. You can watch all the reviews and videos that I do. You can follow me on Twitter at Rogue Watson and join our official Discord server with invite link into the description below. If you'd like to support the channel, please check out patreon.com slash roguewatson for our campaign. We use Roll20, and for streaming, I use Open Broadcaster with Streamlabs. Literally had um, our realtor uh, call in with a FaceTime as she suddenly had a availability to go and step into a house that I did not want to miss that event and then when I ran downstairs after uh, knowing I would be late I realized I hadn't even turned my computer on this morning because I had been uh, online talking to uh, her as well and dealing with some of stuff so as I kind of warned to patrons earlier this week we are looking at uh, moving here in uh, well this summer but it could happen as quickly as a couple weeks and that is obviously uh, taking up a little bit of time <laughs> so we are uh, even more under the gun for trying to get rhyme finished just in case things happen at a very accelerated pace, which at this point I'm still not sure because uh, some of it's out of my hands. Uh, ideally, I think I talked about this. Again, I'm trying to figure out what I talked about to patrons and what I talked to through all of you at the crafting stream. Um, this Friday, I would like us to finish the second level of the Spire of Irialarthus, which I think we'd be able to do, which means we do the Irialarthus battle on the 5th of May, and then we do the Mythalar finale on the 12th. And then we do the big rap party epilogue session on the 19th, and we're done. That is the current schedule. Now, that may require some extra long sessions because some of these big battles are probably going to take a while. And unfortunately, we kind of get started later and later these days. So that puts a little bit more strain on trying to get things done. Uh, the main thing I want to talk about with this session is whether or not to let the players long rest and when to do it. Actually, I, I probably already answered the when. If I'm going to let them long rest, it's going to be at the end of this session, which would have them be fully rested for the Eriolarthus fight we can start working on. And then they would not even get a short rest between that and the Mythlar fight, because they would really have no time... Uh, no downtime between as soon as you defeat Arialarthus, the force fields go down, and then Oriel and everybody else is swarming on that Mythalar, so the players have to immediately rush down there and and deal with that. So it'd be kind of a back-to-back -back thing. 
But that I think might work out better pacing because otherwise if I don't let them long rest then they've dealt with all this stuff so far. I think they long rested like two or three sessions ago. I'm trying to remember. They still have this session to get through which could be some pain given that we've got these swords, these little laser blast things, possibly a barbed devil situation. And then we've got that whole Eerie Larthus fight, which I probably would not be able to do nearly as much with uh, if I don't let the players long. Obviously, they, they could short rest whenever, but I'm thinking they may. I guess it depends on the pacing, because if they... Maybe I can, maybe I can look at their spell slots. Maybe I'm fretting too much in terms of what they've spent. Um, But I, I am tempted to let them long rest at the end of this session. Now, the other option is, do I let them level up? Because I was thinking I could even let them level up again to reach level 15 for the finale. There has been precedent for that. I think actually in most of our campaigns, there is a a final level up that's only like a session or two you know, left of the campaign. So we have done that before. The only reason I wouldn't do that is because leveling up in... in our games take some time <laughs> and it's time that I would be pressured that needs to get funneled into these big set piece battles. I'm looking at the character sheets right now to see where we are on spell slots. Edmund still has most of his spell slots left. Uh, only about half his, less than half his hit dice. Celeste is a monk, obviously has all her key points, most of her hit dice left. So she, doesn't even need a short rest, so she's still doing okay. Uh, Frey, I guess Frey, okay, Frey did spend most of her hit dice, but still has three rages left. Um, so she could still probably heal up fully with a short rest. But again, that problem is like coming off of the Eryllarthus fight, like you're gonna be really hurting after that one, to where the Mithlar fight's gonna be nasty pants. Uh, well, Robin will probably be the main indicator as the main pure caster of Thimbleweed. Has spent half hit dice. Uh, Thimbleweed does have spells, though. Spent no spells whatsoever. Guess not. I guess does. Yeah, I guess he doesn't use a lot of spells. All right. Um, and then Valravin, I know, has spent some spells and hit dice. He's like the most. Yeah, he's got zero hit dice left, not even full health. Um, and he has spent. He still has a six level spell slot. He spent his 7th, he spent both 5th level spell slots, he spent 2 of his 4th level spell slots, he has 3. This is better to say what he has left. 3 1st levels, 1 2nd level, 3 3rd, 1 4th, and 1 6th. So I mean, pacing wise, I'm doing pretty well. If Eriolarthus was the final final battle, my worry is I'm basically going to put them up against 2 what I'm hoping will be challenging boss battles. And to have them go through this session, where they were, un where they will undoubtedly probably have to short rest at the after some of these things that happen here, or maybe not. It's you know it's hard to tell. And then have to go through two major boss battles to where by the time they get to the Mithalar, they may be hurting really really bad. Now maybe that's the pacing I want to enter on. I, I just don't know. It's a it's a tough it's a tough decision to make, and unfortunately I kind of have to make it. I think maybe this week. Or, I mean, I, could, I guess I could delay it and say, well, I mean, it, it depends on if they want to... No, I'd have to make the decision this week, because if I want to end it where I want to end it, which would be them opening the door and entering the final boss room, then it's too late to rest, right? 
uh, or we end it with them long resting before opening the door, which is also an, a more anticlimactic ending. Unless we don't have them level up, I let them long rest at the end, and then I still let them uh, get a little bit beyond the long rest, go through the door, and then end it at the beginning of the boss fight. That's an option. I don't have to level them up with a long rest. I've been doing that, I think, the last two, maybe even three long rests, to where that's just the pacing we've had, uh, to where they don't long rest too often, which, again, I'm thankful for that. In that it takes long enough to where it's like, oh, I guess it's time to level up now. And this may be another one where it's been... Actually, I need to look up how many sessions it's been that they've been at this level. So I'm torn. I'm torn on all of that for pacing purposes. Uh, Lazy DM says they tend to take a full session to level up at this point, so it would be tough. I, yeah, I, I, that's my other worry for sure, is leveling up for us is a production, right? And it would take, yeah, a good amount of time... Uh, to get through a level up and and I would be under a lot of pressure <laughs> to uh, move things along and get to the final battle. I'll look up and see how many uh, sessions we've been at this level right now. So this is session uh, 87, I believe. We're prepping for? No, this is session 88. Good lord. Um. Okay. So that means I need to update my website. <laughs> I didn't update it with 87. So they've been level 14 for one, two, three, four, five. This will be the sixth session that they'll have been level 14 at. So pacing wise, it's on the edge. Uh, the last two levels, 12 and 13, they have gone for seven sessions, it looks like. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So that I mean that I think that would still be on pace for that. So what I say, one, two, three, four, five. This is six. Eriolarthus um, would be seven, and then Mythalar would be eight. Would be the eighth session at this level. So that would be a little bit long. So yeah, those are my three options. A, I don't let them long rest. I force them to keep going down this path, and I don't know if that just feels kind of shitty as a player to be like, oh man, we're going through, all these, we're about to go through these really bad things, and we are like hurting. Some groups maybe would rise to that, but I, I feel like that not that's not the kind of pacing we usually do. Option two, I let them level up at the end of this coming session. Or sorry, I let them long rest at the end of this coming session. Uh, they get fully recharged, and then they enter the boss fight, and then they basically have these two big boss fights on a long rest, but no short rests in between, which is interesting pacing. Option three is I let them long rest and they get to level up. And I think the problem with leveling up, as much as I would not mind them being a level stronger, and I think that's fun, is, yeah, I think it takes a long time. We could do an unprecedented thing where it's like, all right, we're not going to go over the level ups. You're just going to level up uh, between sessions. Um, basically, like like I do for my Patreon D&D game, we don't do big uh, level up. Uh, scenes there we just do it between sessions you know there may be some mention about what's going on but otherwise we just jump right into uh the session in terms of like rolling hit points and all that that's all done in between which is kind of an experiment on my end because i've never done that before and it's worked pretty well because it doesn't eat into the time of going uh through all of the level ups although you know there is something to be said about how much fun it is to have people go over those things and it helps as the dm can get information because that's the the flip side of the patron dd games is people will bust out spells and stuff that i have no idea you know how it works or anything so 
I guess it goes both ways. So it's it's interesting to have to work around the pacing of that. I'm I'm not against them long resting in this area though. There's no pressing dangers once they make it specifically to this room, which means we've got the uh, we've got the aerial or yeah we got the aerial arthas meeting with this hazard trap that I'm 90% going to be able to fire off uh, and and fire it and do some damage to the players. And then we've got the dome with these pretty nasty swords, which I think I mentioned I'm probably going to just keep as written. I actually, I think the swords are pretty nasty. Um, the dome is an interesting deterrent. We know that some players have some kind of, you know, misty steps or teleportations to where somebody can maybe, you know, ideally we do that in the middle of combat because I think that's what's going to be the most fun. People start flying and climbing up there. The swords attack. We roll initiative, but I alert them to the fact that there's a crystal down here. That's maybe even be I could be really obvious about it. Like the crystal kind of like you know jitters a little bit, and the the whole like wall like flickers for an instant or, or something to where they're like oh, okay. Or Cadavix can just point out they'd have to drag his ass up there, but like oh yeah, this is you know something that is one of the other like security systems we have. <laughs> And But I'd love for them to be able to have to be in the middle of combat, having the swords attacking them. Somebody choose to teleport and deal with the crystal in the middle of combat. I think it'll be pretty exciting. I did remove the trap. I think we talked about this on Monday. There is a weird petrification trap. Like, it just feels like insult injury after surviving. You know, I, I'll tell you this. I added a trap to the crystals. I don't think that is normally a trap, which is uh, why... Uh, 19 why 19j chamber of sorcery they do the crystals do have uh, hit points and stuff but that's just because you can destroy them to make the uh, person disappear which i'm replacing everlast with uriel arthas a hologram of him so I'm, I'm putting a trap there essentially it's, it's a hazard that will go it's like a social trap like you piss him off and he will fire these lasers but i'm removing the petrification trap because it just feels really dumb and weird and technically and, and just not very thematic either i don't know why you want to turn people into statues in that hallway as your main one of your deterrents so i'm removing that one completely you open the door and instead you immediately go to this cool like oh there's a bunch of uh doors here and in fact i could even replace this maybe with this random ass art i found although i wonder if that would be confusing to have it be uh, i mean I, we can look we can look up some door art see if there's maybe some magic doors i can use but I like this situation where you have to have the right person speak up. Uh, you have to just say the name, I think, of that wizard and then open that wizard's door, the high wizard. And then you solve the puzzle. So it's a very, very simple puzzle, but it's one where the players might be curious about, like, all right, well, let's try to just throw open a random one. And then that's when I can use this kind of darkness blob. I can roll initiative. Um, maybe even treat it as a surprise round where you open the thing because there's nothing but darkness nobody can see. And then it would be initiative and surprise round this thing. Uh, I don't know, is it scary to have it hurl fireballs out or have it rush out and start attacking? If it rush out and starts attacking, that probably forces the players to deal with it. Because it, I just don't know, like the obvious thing to do is to close the door. I, you know, yes, it's cool to have it in the darkness. Um, but I don't, like, who would be foolish enough to walk in there? I mean, maybe they think like, oh, this is the path we have to take. We have to go down this dark tunnel. Um, but I don't see them being fooled by that, so... Another question I have, I guess, is how to best execute this. You could have the darkness extend beyond the door. Like, once you screw up and open the door, the wrong door, 
then maybe the door kind of disappears temporarily, and then the darkness actually floods the hallway, and this creature comes out. That would be a way to make things a little scarier and more punishing, and and actually kind of force this battle. It does that make it more interesting? I don't know. Maybe it depends on how bad that sword fight goes. If that sword fight goes pretty nasty, maybe I don't want to force this barbed devil fight very much. Versus, if they manage to somehow defeat those swords pretty quickly, you know, maybe I want to go a little bit harder with this fight. Each time a creature steps through a door... Steps through a door. It's not just opening the door? Character succeeds on an arcana check, recognizes the symbol on the doors, represents the eight schools of magic. Opening any of the eight doors reveals utter darkness beyond. Creature that has dark vision can't see into or through this magical darkness. Devil sight can, magical light can illuminate it. Darkness fills the tunnel south of the door and can't be dispelled. Oh, I... It helps to read this shit, turns out. So the darkness is always there. Darkness was always there. I didn't realize that. That's interesting. So you open the door. So the 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 barbed devil is the thing that changes. You actually open the door into the dark tunnel either way. The darkness fills the tunnel south of the door and can't be dispelled. Gosh, I wish these were longer tunnels. I can make them longer, I suppose. Pass through safely, a character must speak the name of one of Irilarthus's eight apprentices and then step through the door associated with that wizard school of magic. Each time a character steps through a door without speaking the correctness. So opening the doors just opens into darkness. Nothing happens. They're all dark tunnels. If you don't speak the name of the High Wizard associated with that door, while and, and when stepping through, what's funny is I don't even think like, there's no clues as to you would even know how to do this puzzle. I mean, they oh yes, there is. There's an inscription. All right, Eric, if you would just read the fucking book. All right, fine. Let me read this whole section again. <laughs> Lining the far wall of this hall are eight doors, each marked with a different arcane symbol. On the wall above them is etched an inscription in Draconic. The inscription reads, Speak thy master's name and enter. Okay. So Cadvix doesn't even have to speak up. Because all of that should be there. It's an interesting puzzle. It's like, hey, were you paying attention in class? But it's one of those where I would not be a dick DM and be like, oh... Did you, the player, remember the names? Like, you're like, the, the player character would remember the names. And Katavex is literally with them. Assuming he doesn't get murdered uh, between now and there. Reading the bane of the writer. <laughs> I was going to suggest as an idea. It would be fun to see what they could bring at level 15. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting argument. I, I'm willing to... Uh, certainly keep talking about it. Talking about it in the Discord. Um, I have not made my decision yet one way or the other. Uh, but I will have to make it before our session Friday, obviously, because um, that will be the time that they would level up at the end. But if I if I have them, oh sorry, long rest. I keep I'm conflating the two. Technically, those are two different things. 
if they do level up, they are not prepared to level up tomorrow, which means we would have to end on the long rest and then level at the beginning of the next session, which we could do, but that has us be a little bit slightly further back because that means they haven't even stepped through the door, I've described the room and all that, which granted, I probably have to re-describe the room anyway because it's it's just fun to end a session on like the, oh shit, what is this, you know, kind of a feeling versus like, all right, you long rested, now we're going to end the session, you know, but on the other hand, I'd have to just probably re-set the stage for the boss fight anyway because it's a week later. So yeah, there, there's different arguments for all of these things. Or, and that, that that's just if we level up in general. And then we decide whether we want to actually have have them level up at the start of next session, like we usually do, or we skip that. I hit the wrong button. Oh. I hit the wrong button. Okay, what'd you hit? Want to go back? No, I don't want to go back. Well, I don't know which button you hit, baby. I got child aggro. Okay. That's the one you were just watching. I don't know why you just... There you go. Got it? Alright, hey, slow down. Slow down when you're... <laughs> it's that toddler speed where they just go like a million miles an hour and the feet are just slapping around. He's like, oh my goodness. All in your face. <laughs> I only know one speed. Fast. So yeah, pacing-wise, it gets tricky with the level up, and I'm still willing to hear different arguments for or against it. And like I said, we could level up and technically do it off-camera. We could I could say, okay, you guys long rest at the end of the session, you're going to level up, but we don't have time to actually go through the big motions of leveling up, which you know feels a little bummer to just skip that last one, because I want as much time as humanly possible since we're starting late and... You know, I don't want to go too late, but I, I need to get through, you know, I need to end next week's session for sure with them defeating Iriel Arthas and uh, opening the way to the Mythalar. That's got to happen for pacing purposes. We can't have that fight take, you know, an insane amount of time. So, and unfortunately, I think leveling up might take too much time. And we don't have to level them up. We can just have them long rest. So, that means I need to actually put these dark tunnels everywhere and actually maybe change the dynamic lighting in this map, because I did not realize that's how this worked. Because uh, my dumbass didn't quite read it all the way through. I'm still... Uh, I don't know if I want to put the literal door symbols on there. But I wonder if... Um... Oh, what would be the best way to look up uh, magic doors? If there's a one called magic tech, I think. I don't remember. That's under vile tiles. Magic decor. I'm literally trying to remember some of the art sets I've used. They have something. These are gates. That might work. They don't have to be like super magical, but there should be something. Even though I don't think the description mentions the doors. Let's see. Are just eight doors, each marked with a different arcane symbol. Yes, the doors themselves aren't necessarily super fancy, but I thought it'd be nice to have. Some kind of artwork there. 
think these are a little a little over the top though. Goop lamp pillars. Ooh, it might be worth putting a green crystal in here as a that might actually help the players a lot. Something like that. Too big, we can smallerize it. What's the opposite of embiggen? Stones, magic walls. It's honestly it's easier for me to search the Roll20 marketplace versus the compendium, I think, these days. Orbs, rings, symbols, I think. These are gonna work. Vessels, tiles, basins, webs, and I've run out. Darn. Uh but uh Nice magic door. I couldn't try to search magic door. I think I tried to do that before and it didn't come up with anything. If I search door, I think I'm going to get too many responses, though. <laughs> my library alone comes with a good chunk of doors. Which I could use one of my... Yeah, just a basic door. If I just have some kind of artwork there, I think that would help. Maybe we'll go with... I used to, back in the day, I used to replace all the doors on the map with, like, nice, you know, new artwork, but I don't really like, bother to do that much now. But for here, it might be worth doing. I can get luck like that. Maybe turn it to the other. Is it the same side? Alright, let's grab somebody and see how that looks. That's on a token layer. Yeah, I think that'll work. Okay. So let's copy and paste this sucker. I think we'll need to work on making these. I like the idea behind here. This feels like a cool like D&D-esque puzzle, right? Just something that's kind of supernatural and creepy. Where you open the door and it's darkness beyond. And it's like, if, if you say the word... If you say the right phrase, then you just walk through the corridor unmolested, I guess. I mean, these cor I, I wish the map had made this bigger. These corridors, I mean, 10 or 15 feet at most. Each time a creature steps through the door without speaking the correct name, a barbed devil appears in the dark corridor beyond. So you're already, you've already stepped into it. Which I would absolutely do a surprise round for that. Devil can see in the magical darkness and attacks any creature that moves into the corridor without first speaking the correct name. These devils can leave the darkness to pursue their foes. One minute it disappears. It does say once a bar devil has been summoned, no other devil can be summoned in the same quarter for 24 hours. So at the very least you can brute force this puzzle, is what it's saying. But in theory, if you open multiple doors and ran through them, then... Be rather foolish. You would have to deal with devils left and right. We need all of these on the map layer. What I don't think I'm going to do is let the play is have the little door dynamic lighting symbols on them, so the players don't go willy nilly throwing all these open. So I think using this much now the problem is okay. So I did put dynamic lighting there. So. I wish I wish they were all as long as these two side ones. I could make them that way if I really wanted to jerry rig it. 
just to allow a little more movement because basically they would step through if, if I'm looking at it correctly um, assuming if they don't do it correctly they step through you'd have to spawn the devil right next to them which you could so what is that if I open the door that one not on the map layer Alright, so let's say you're here. You open this door. That looks like... Okay, I actually need to fill more of the darkness, don't I? So that looks weird with the light. You actually want to overlap it. I want to be like that. And that's on the token layer, not on the map layer. That's weird, you would open it and see darkness, but if you notice, I did kind of shade it differently, so maybe you can tell it's a different kind of darkness versus blocking line of sight. And then you can still step into it, okay. So that's what it would look like. And then if you didn't say the right name, then I would literally spawn this creature in here. But, I would be tempted to leave it off the map, not put it on there, because the players can't see. It, it says, unless you have, like, Devil's Sight, or something that can specifically see through magical darkness, which that would be a good thing to look up, see if the players have any of those tools, then I probably wouldn't even put them on the map to make it creepier, like, you don't know what's going on. There's just a creature that spawned there. Um, on the top of y'all's heads, which character may have those kind of senses? I'm not sure. First of all, I'm not sure on the character sheet where it even says that. Don't see if Celeste has anything like that. I don't know if monks get some kind of blind sight thing or not. She has dark vision. Yeah, I'm not seeing any... Uh, senses, okay, so Edmund, and I don't know if they have spells or not that that, uh, that would help them, if there are certain spells that you see through Magical Darkness, the only one that they mentioned was the Warlock Devil's Sight thing, which does specifically say it penetrates Magical Darkness, which is why I think it's using a Barb Devil specifically here, it's one of the few creatures that can probably see in Magical Darkness. Even, I think it said the Daylight, like I know uh, Thimbleweed has the Daylight spell, which he's not been able to use too often. That may come into play here. Where does it say vision on this character sheet? Am I stupid? Literally trying to see. That would be under proficiency. Well, I guess you're not proficient in vision. Maybe it's just listed on the side then. This is a bummer. Uh, I don't know where, I don't know where their vision stuff would be located. Try to look through. Hello, Tyla. I don't know everyone yet. Only on episode three. You've got a little bit of a ways to go. <laughs> I have seen some people go through very, very quickly, though. I've been very impressed. I literally don't know where to find um, vision on the Roll20 sheet. I've only been staring at these sheets for like eight years, so uh, not too long. Is it really only listed on the side if they have extra stuff? 
I guess it would be spells then. Would what they have to rely on spells or magic items that would allow them to see through darkness? But I do believe it mentioned. Let's see, a creature that has dark vision can't see into or through magical darkness. A warlock with devil sight can. Magical light, as well as light created by spells of eighth level or lower, can't illuminate it. So poor Thimbleweed, who would probably be like, "Oh, it's time to use the daylight spell." Um, would not even work there. Daylight is a third level spell. And that kind of feels sucky, but, I mean, we're at the end game here. Like, you gotta have stronger light spells than that, I guess. I'm not even sure what a light spell of 8th level or higher would look like. Yeah, it doesn't really... I Yeah, that is true. Boy, you know, we always forget about that. It's not until I played games like Solasta where I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot, like, even having dark vision... Uh, it doesn't let you see everything perfectly. But that gets to be... I think Roll20 has done some stuff with that where you can change what the vision looks like, but nine times out of ten, the players just complain about it, and it's just kind of... I don't know. It's... I think it's being too nitpicky, and uh, ultimately just becomes kind of a pain in the ass for the players to deal with, which I feel for them. It, but... I also realize that by making dark vision look as good as light, I do think I darken their dark vision a little bit. Darken the dark vision. Um, you 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 overpower dark vision too. But that's all. That's also a five E problem. Five E gives what like seventy percent of the races dark vision. Like damn. So instead of it being a cool thing that you have, it becomes a sucky thing that you don't have. If you if you're one of the few races that doesn't have dark vision. Like, how has humanity done so well in this universe? They're like, one of the few that can't see in the dark. But I think this will work visually, and look at that. The players don't know, but you can actually step one further, and then I believe I locked them in place, because that's the end of the dynamic lighting that I've got. Unless I want to go in and, like, edit this map and extend these corridors, but I, I think we can just do it like this, and that way, if they don't speak the right name, they take a step forward, then... I do a surprise round with this creature, and I just leave it off the map. I'm like, you can't even fucking see this thing. Although it, it's right next to them, which those rules get kind of wonky. Um, so if, if it's right next to you, maybe you could still target it, but obviously with disadvantage. Because you can't see, but this thing can. Uh, and it's got three melee attacks. I mean, it's not it's not a strong creature, but it's, it's just kind of a creepy thing to have happen. Actually, 110 hit points. <laughs> That's annoyingly... Uh, robust with good saves. Okay, sorry, barbed, uh, barbed. This is the uh, what the shack meme. I was, I was not aware <laughs> of your power. He's actually pretty solid. Immune to fire and poison, resistant to cold. I believe they have all have magical attacks except for uh, when Thimbleweed doesn't use startling arrows. And a shocking amount of hit points. That's not something you want to tangle with. Now. What if they spend their first round and they say, okay, I disengage as an action, I step out of the door, I step out, and I shut the door? You know, does that stop the fight? Do we do we treat this like a horror movie thing where it's like, all right, that stops it? Or do we treat it like a action thing where it's like, all right, well, this thing just fucking bust down the door, or or maybe you can't shut the door, like whatever reason, like you want to force this fight to have, have happen, or do you just treat it as, you know what, instead of a fight, this is more of a trap hazard in other words, like, I get that first round off, that was the hazard damage, and then you step out, close the door, and then that's it. 
I could see I could see going either way on that. And in fact, what what may actually decide this is how badly the previous battle went. Did that previous fight take a long time? Did the players lose a lot of hit points in that fight? Did it eat a lot of uh, our our pacing up to get through that? Then maybe the Barb Devil doesn't stick around very long. Or the opposite happens, where they went through it with flying colors, and then this thing is going to bust out and force this fight to have happened. Now, it's still entirely optional. They can easily solve this puzzle correctly and step through the correct way and thus make it through and nothing bad happens. But I agree, and I think we discussed this on Monday's stream, that at least one person is is going to be a George was curious, you know, <laughs> and, and really open a door and step through just to see what would happen. I 100% see that happening. And that's why I need to answer the question of like, how much do I want to force this to happen? I do need to make sure this darkness is everywhere though and properly covering. But I did not realize that that darkness is there regardless whether they speak the name or not, which I like it. That's creepy and interesting. I'm actually impressed with how much I'm not having to change uh, of this final area. Even then, it was designed for like level nine. Placing all my dark. Actually, I don't. They don't have to be that long, do they? This is gonna look weird when they step through. I should shorten some of these up. Realize that. It's more like that. It might look cool to have some darkness emanating. I don't know how cool that looks. Wish it wasn't. A, I wish I could have it fade. I guess I'd have to use an actual like piece of art and not just a <laughs> a harsh rectangular black square. That'll look a little better there. You can still tell there's like some darkness emanating, but not have it literally necessarily cover the back. Because I still have the line of sight blocker here at the end, so they won't see that part of it. And I will probably just physically once they start walking, assuming they do it correctly. Um, they can walk out of it. Now, you could do some more advanced shenanigans here. You could say one person per door steps through. That would really fuck things up. Because they only know some of the doors. So that gets interesting. You could say one person through one door. Um, because normally that's these are like the private parking spaces for the wizards. <laughs> so maybe they only allow maybe they only allow that one uh person to pass through and then the door magically shuts or something. Which means they would have to know to avoid any kind of fight. I mean there's gosh, there's how many of them? 5 players plus 2 NPCs, that's 7. They can technically all make it through. That does not count Lord Marbury as an entity. Stupid Pegasus. Ah, never has a character used a uh, a summoned ally so effectively as as Chris has. I guess hats off to him for doing it. But man, there's been times where I'm like, ah, you bastards. <laughs> Just having a loyal, flying, intelligent, fast creature is extremely useful in a lot of situations. However, they also don't know the names of everybody. They have not gone to all the towers themselves, and they did not learn that information. They only know Katavix, Apius, Ajamar, and I believe Taruth. I'm not sure if they ever actually properly learned the High Conjurer's name. That might be something I'd force them to roll for. And I know they don't know the last three, because they never went to those towers or learned their names. 
So that would be a way I could force a fight there because I would only know some of them if I only allow like one person through each one. What are we thinking about that? That's that's a last minute thought I had is to make this a little more because otherwise you solve this really easily, right? You you and and that's part of the idea is you you know the right uh, name. You can identify. Okay, well, Cadavix is with us. We know his name, or we can have even. Or, well, they might even err on the side of caution and be like, "All right, Cadavix, you get up there, assuming he's still alive. You get up there, say your name. You know, the security equivalent of like making sure you're, you know, you put the palm on the DNA reader or or speak the voice or whatever, uh, and then open the door, step through. They let him step through. He steps through unmolested." And then everybody else just follows suit and you make it through very easily. Or Katavik says, well, yes, I can get through, but these doors are designed to only allow one person through at a time. Um, you know, and once that person's inside, that door is no longer active. So that that keeps it so only, you know, the elite can make it in there. Although it's kind of a silly because obviously everybody would know their names, but it does say speak thy master's name, so I guess you could always send an apprentice or something in there. I mean, anybody can park in the reserved parking spots, in theory. <laughs> Nothing stopping you from doing it. But that would be an option. I could say, well, you know, Katavix would be like, I can make it through, but then it will, this door will deactivate uh, for everybody else, and you will all have to find your own ways through. And then... Everybody else can step through and make it in. And then can you turn around and leave? Or is your way barred in this some kind of weird split party situation where you're all walking down these hallways having to fight your own barbed devils? That gets way trickier. I would have to cut this dude's hit points way, way down if that was the case because it would just stick around for way too long. Should put a couple of them in place. Am I expanding this too much? And... and Again, maybe that sword fight goes really long, is really hard. It's our dick joke here. And and I don't I, I don't want to go actually that far with the Barb Devils. And I say, well, they've been through a lot. We just took we just had a big fight. You know, let's get through this situation a little bit easier and just treat it like the easier puzzle that it is. I could I could go either way with that. And I I may have to just decide Tomorrow, like during the session, just depending on how things have gone. I don't know how many of these I should even have prepped. Barb Devils. But that, that may be a solution is if I want to treat them, if I want to do it that way, then I cut their hit points way, way down. So they're mainly there as just offensive annoyances and not going to stick around for a long, long time because right now, holy moly, 110 hit points. Uh, even the entire full party hitting them would take like two rounds. And if you try to attack them with like a split party situation, I think it would be pretty nasty. Isn't dynamic lighting, right? Yes, they can't see that. I wonder if I should go ahead and... Ooh, you know what I should do is prep to put them on this map so I don't have to drag them over in the meantime. Yeah, Edmund's still got a summoned direwolf too. He really kept that wolf around during that whole last fight? Jeez. There we go. So I'll put these guys in the GM layer. Uh, 
we can try to figure out how to put them on here, I guess. Depending on how the players work out. That way we just don't have to drag their tokens back and forth. I guess you can always put them on the GM layer and then drag them. We're going to do that. We need to move the GM layer stuff. There we go. And right now I've not been using Cadavix as a combatant. I think it's just... They already have Valin. They've got enough players. Doesn't need to happen that way. Alright, in terms of the green crystal, I've got a little bit of a visual here. This could literally put it to the door. You know, in that case, I should have a... Let's put a, let's put a fucking door here. Just Bob Ross this session and put in some better art. The other thing is, you can tell when I have more time for individual areas, I can do things like put down door art that I may not normally have time for. Little bit. Ugh. The resolution on that. Still holding in there, buddy. Why is that annoying door artist sticking up so far? Don't, don't rotate you. Just thin, thin you. Okay. Move the swords. Okay, so now if we wanted to... No, don't move the door. Damn it. Fatal flaw of the door thing. Any crystal. There we go. Make it a little bit more obvious. Because we're using a VTT and my players like to have the visual aids. And I guess we can risk putting that on the map layer. There we go. That looks good. Dynamic lighting. Let's put the door back up. There. And we're going to move our boards. I'm going to kind of up and separate a little bit. They just say they activate whenever somebody's in 30 feet of them, and the swords do have uh, blind sight. So essentially, they will. The only part that gets awkward is if they send somebody up first to scout the area, which makes sense. Even my relatively non-tactically minded players would probably do that. Um, I could describe the room, the wall of force, and then describe these swords appearing out of the air. And then I have to choose to either roll initiative then, or let the player react if they want to go just duck back down, because the swords would not follow. An initiative would, I guess a lot of it depends on mine versus the players. These guys would have a plus three, which is not too bad. I tend to just not roll very well on initiative, I've noticed. Certainly annoying. This could be a nasty, nasty fight. But we've got the visual aid with the crystal there, with the wall of force. Hopefully that'll be... A little more obvious what they have to do. They can use sound-based attacks. I don't think they actually have any that I know of. They don't have like Shatter or Thunder Wave or any of those things. I don't, the only thing I don't know is if they have items that can do that. Oh shit, Edmund has a scroll of Thunder Wave. That's interesting. They do have a scroll. That, and he would, if there's any player that's gonna remember he's got shit that he can use, it's him. I would love for that to happen. I believe it mentions sound-based attacks can knock it down. 
Tremendously loud noises such as those made by a Thunder Wave spell cause the crystal to go out for 1d6 rounds. Okay, it doesn't actually stop it, but it does go out for several rounds. The wall of force is suppressed. So literally it's like a it's like a light bulb that's kind of on the fritz, like going out. Yes, you can misty step. I, I we did talk about that, Grey Cat. Um maybe I didn't talk about it this stream, but I talked about it in the last stream. How some of the players do have some teleportation magic. Um that would allow them, and I believe at the very least, while Robin and Frey have ways of misty stepping, I think was it Edmund that had an extra teleportation thing? I don't remember if he had an item or a spell that that helped him do that. I forget, but yes, they do have ways. But Edmund does have a Thunder Wave spell, which is so they they have ways of getting past this, which is which is good because you got to be careful putting a literal wall of force between the players and the main quest. Okay, so now I'm thinking maybe I don't have to be too obvious about the horn or not about the horn, the the crystal in terms of it being like loose or something. Ice that coats the dome collapses the first time. That could maybe they could take damage from that. It would be pretty minor, I think. There's this ice built up on here. Maybe you could even do the first time it suppresses, the ice falls down, and they'll have to make a save against some bludgeoning damage or something. I'll write that down. Ice falls from dome. First time it goes out. I mean, it would be pretty negligible, but any bit helps, I guess. I mean, what is an ice storm spell? It wouldn't even be as is it is ice storm the one I'm thinking of. It has the uh, kind of the hail coming down. Yeah, a hail of rock hard ice pounds around a 20 foot radius. Each each creature in the cylinder must make a deck saving throw. A creature takes 2d8 bludgeon damage and 4d6 cold damage on a failed save. So you could even treat this as a partial ice storm that happens. Now they're not being pelted with that much force, but would probably lower the damage. But that's, they're also level 14. <laughs> Everything's an ice storm now. Reading level 6 to destroy it, but level 2 spell can just bypass it. You know, it's, yeah, I think I think it's an interesting hazard. It, it makes those little teleportation things. I mean, Misty Step's already probably one of the best spells in the game because it has phenomenal uh, utility both in and out of combat. But yeah, it's... And the other thing is these swords can pass through the wall of force. That's their whole ability, uh, which the players may not realize that at first. And, and maybe that's a, a fun thing about starting initiative is that they have this wall of force. Maybe, you know, somebody tries to attack through it. They can't. And they send there and like, all right, well, I guess everybody else comes up. We'll watch in these swords and we'll try to figure it out. And the swords just pass right through and start carving them up. That would be a pretty fun twist for me to pull off. Like, wait a minute. That's bullshit, DM. And I'm like, uh, baked into their stat block. What are you going to do? <laughs> we've got that we've got the like i said the Ariel arthas social scene where they'll be able to talk to him a little bit he will be smart enough to know at this point that they are not from an enclave but he's still delusional to think that etherin that he's still in charge of etherin it's still fine you know mythalar has been sputtering um a little bit but he feels that the power going back through and, and you know i'll tease the fact that he's kind of insane but he's not um stupid either if that's the emotional level I'm trying to convey with him. And that will end with hopefully a cool, like, overloading of all these crystals, blasting the players. They go up 
this shaft. They have to deal with the wall of force and the swords, which I'm hoping will be a good with the crystal. I think that's actually all pretty well designed. So I'm going to keep that as written. And then we've got the um, the doors, which we, we you know we've talked about a lot now with the devils. Um, I have a feeling the players would be able to solve this relatively easily, but they may just want to, for funsies, test it out, and then I could have the devil appear and start um, attacking them. The big question is, do I want to keep it where, it, as written, where they only need to know one wizard, high wizard's name, and be able to open that door and everybody step through, or do I treat it a little bit more challenging where one person per door gets to step through and then make it through to the other side, and if you don't and you fail, then that devil appears and you have to deal with it, but... Then do I allow other players to be able to, you know, come through the back end and, and help that player? Maybe it's just the ones outside that can't do it. So you could do kind of an interesting split party situation and spawn more of these. And if you're going to do that, I probably lower the health of these things. I, I wouldn't change their offensive capabilities. Uh, triple attack with a plus six to hit. Average of what, between six and ten damage, it looks like. Uh, that's perfectly fine, but I would probably need to like at least cut their hit points in half if I'm going to honestly do that because that's just too much beef uh, to deal with from a trap situation. Then they will find a locked door which has the name of Mythalar Access written on it so they know that that's your egress, your way out of here. One wizard sits in a chair to unlock the final dungeon door. And then the library, I will plan on having some loot for them there. Um, more spell scrolls, I guess, because that's what you're going to find, including maybe even the, the scroll of the comet. We haven't really got a chance to talk about that, but as written, you're not supposed to be able to cast that indoors. Uh, I may change that, but it's just, I, I don't know. It, it's tricky because you give it to them here, and then they could use it if you don't change the fact that they can only use it outside. Because the bummer is if you keep it only outside, they can't use it as the campaign. It's kind of a weird find. It's effectively not a real loot thing because... I'm not going to continue these characters. So, but if you change it where they can use it, now all of a sudden you can drop a comet on your Larthus, but that would also, you know, hit all of you, or you could drop it on the Mythalar for, you know, that's one ending you could maybe look at. So it's an interesting nuclear option for the players to have. I kind of want to give it to them just to figure out what they're going to do with it, which I think is, would be very interesting. Uh, and then there's just a balcony at the end, which you can look out over Etherin, and then... So I'm hoping we can get through everything I just mentioned in one session. And then the only question will be, do I let them long rest before going into the den of the Irialarthus battle? Uh, which would, you know, change what I can do for this battle in terms of what, what the players can handle. Uh, and if I do let them long rest, do I also let them level up? These are all questions that I still need to figure out. So uh, hit me up on... Uh, either a comment here on YouTube or on the Discord channel if you have more thoughts on that because I will need to figure that out by the time we go uh, with our session tomorrow. I think that is going to do it for this session of Crafting Icewind Dale. Again, I apologize for running very late today. It's just been a very hectic uh, day and unfortunately it's going to be another hectic couple of weeks and I am getting to where it's like, oh shit, I got to get this campaign done and there's a lot of big stuff to handle. All right, uh, if you enjoy the content, please do check out patreon.com slash roguewatson. Shouts to Platinum Patrons, Joe, Will, Thomas, Stan, Brandon, Genocider, David, Eclectic, Roleplay, Role, Christopher, Brian, William, David, Corey, Coa, 1337, Big Nut, John, John, Chris, Scott, Gene, Eric, Dan, Tyler, Nathan, Camp, Crystal, Lake, Counselor, Big Shep, Andrew, and Daryl, and Gold Patrons, RPG, Papercrafts, Pretty Boy, and Yuma, Marcus, Dead Lizard, Lion, Sam, Lumpy Spuds, Jerome, Nathan, Fasica, Tortoise, Scott, Refus, Carolyn, and William. Thank you all very much for your support. I will see you for, uh, I'll see you for our live D&D game on Friday, and for those of you patrons that signed up for our uh, Patreon DDM, I'll see you tonight.